This is God's servant Dilip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. God is here to minister to us this 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 morning, and God's word is coming to us. Now we are in the fifth month. We are we are going to wrap up the fifth month. in the year of purification even as the lord has told us and uh, i praise god for serious disciples of god's word you're not merely hearers of the word you're not merely hearers of the word but you are doers of god's word the key is in responding to the word i mean that's where the secret is it's not about being exposed to god's word it's about being able to respond to god's word because without the personal application god's word will not profit you any more than it would profit an unbeliever did you hear what i just said god's word will not profit you any more than it would profit an unbeliever unless you respond to god's word and apply say apply personal application is important when you are when you are in the ministering of god's word when you are receiving the ministering of god's word personal application is very important i want to encourage you all apply the rima word apply the rima word plight don't just listen to it that's why I say the bible is very clear about it the bible is not bible is not uh, beat around the bush concerning the word the bible says if you hear god's word don't don't just be merely hearers but also be doers apply that means apply apply you know the bible talks in another place that you need to unite it will not it did not profit them because they did not unite it with faith the word that they heard that they received did not profit them why because they were full of unbelief they did not unite that word which came to them with faith so your faith has to respond tell you tell your neighbor your faith has to respond first you have to respond first you have to respond hello i said first you have to respond and then your faith has to respond if you don't respond your faith will not respond if you sit like a rock when god is speaking to you then then highly unlikely that you will benefit anything out of it so you need to you need to really shake yourself up you need to really be alert and and you know you need to be in the presence of god you must be you must be so focused when you're in the presence of god don't don't be distracted by anything nothing should distract you nothing should matter more than what god is speaking to you i hope this morning some of you come like that nothing matters to you more than what god is speaking to you little children nothing matters more than what god is speaking to you listen listen when you are in the presence of god tune your ears to listen if you if you if you are on the receiving mode um when you are in in the in the presence of god you are well fed you will not be found lacking you will not be malnourished man is very important and these are these are spiritual principles you know some i mean some of you like you know just listening to and maybe the pastor is just giving a pep talk or he's just uh, what do you call that thing breaking the ice with you no i'm not breaking the ice with you whatever i'm saying right now is the real deal man the real deal this is what life is about this is what life is about and may god speak to us father we ask of you that you'll minister to us minister to us lord give us clear word this morning thank you jesus hallelujah man great things happen in your life if you're firmly planted in the house of god and there are no two ways about it 
And God is not going to bypass that order. Amen? And uh, you know, it's amazing. It's amazing how specific word will come to us, prepares us and, and propels us into what God has in store for us. And um, God is good. Man, this is all the time. Man, there is no way anybody can thwart the, the principles of God, the spiritual principles. The spiritual principles of God will remain, whether you like it or not. Whether I like it or not. I don't have, I don't have uh, a choice. But the principles of God are such. I always tell you the example of the New Testament where people just, they just made room for their miracle. Because they just tapped into the principle of heaven, the principles of heaven. And probably their names were not in the itinerary. Their names were not part of the plan for the day. The disciples did not plan to meet the, the woman with the issue of blood. The disciples did not chart out, um, you know, the, the encounter with the beggar on the, the blind beggar on the way to Jericho. The disciples or the, 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 the agency did not plan that Zacchaeus will be upon the tree. None of those things were planned by men. Things can happen without your planning. But if you can submit to the, the principles of God, you, you walk in the, the plan of God. You walk in the plan of God and God will bring about, he will reveal a plan which is a, which, which is a greater, far greater glorious plan than what man can plan for you. If you're going to rely on man for planning, if you're going to rely on man for, for your future, you'll be disappointed. Because there's a certain distance up to which they can go. Man is limited. Man is limited. But there's a reward in submitting to the word of God. There's a sure reward in responding to the word that comes your way. I mean, God's word is coming to you, whether from the pulpit or at your quiet time. God's word is coming to you, but you are so distracted that you don't know what is happening and you just... You, you're not able to gather it in. You're not able to store it in your heart. That you miss out. You miss out on open doors. You miss out on um, the next level, the next assignment. The next big thing in your life is to obey what God has told you, even if it seems like a small little thing. That's a big thing. Oftentimes we, we gauge the next season, the, the next thing, by what meets the eye. But God does not work that way. He does not, he, he works in ways we cannot see. Amen. And he will not show everything to us. He will not reveal everything to our human eyes. Our human eyes, I'm telling you, your human eyes can't, can't handle. No eye has seen. That's why the Bible says, no eye has seen. No ear has heard. No eye has seen. No ear has heard. No has entered the heart of man. That which thing that God has prepared for those who love him. Man. Hallelujah. Your, your eyes can't fathom. Your ears can't fathom. You can't comprehend. His ways are inscrutable, the Bible says. You cannot handle the glory of what God is about to do in your life. If you, if you, uh, if you stick to the plan of God, if you, if you stick to the plan of God, if you, if you stick to the ways of God, what God has in store for you will blow your mind. It will blow your mind. You will not miss your reward for obeying God. You will not miss your reward for obeying God, for serving God. You will not miss your reward. If your heart is right, you cannot miss your reward.
the sure reward the sure reward some of us are trying desperately to make both ends meet you some of you are trying desperately to 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 build a life man we we sang that song you know how powerful that is christ is my firm foundation the rock on which we stand the rock on which i stand that's so powerful you will not fail because he never fails your provision will never run dry because he never fails he's got his eyes on the last drop in your jar of oil he knows when that gets over i praise god for those of you who are living like that praise god for those of you who are living by faith amen i praise god for those of you who are living by faith i praise god for those of you who are wanting to live by faith i praise god for those of you who are learning to live by faith amen hallelujah amen when you receive a word from god and if you walk away from that place as if nothing happened be very careful ah if you don't repent now and you choose to uh, you know stay with the pleasures you know that you want to stay with and you don't change you know you might not you might feel happy happy for the time being but in the long run you will understand that it was a big mistake but on the other hand if you take the the correction that comes to you right now if you receive it it can be it can be sorrowful at the moment but you understand it is from god and you you turn that sorrow into rejoicing there's joy at the end of every correction there is joy at the end of every correction if you receive it well man hallelujah the holy spirit is speaking to us how many of you can hear him speak let him who has an ear hear what the spirit is speaking to the churches man that comes in the, the letters to the churches in the, in the book of revelation and today this is so vital for us it's so pertinent for us that as a church as as the people of god we are people who listen with our our spiritual ears must not be deaf when god is speaking Amen. you can hear god you can hear the voice of god with your audible with your human ear your physical ear but if your spiritual ear is deaf it will not translate into action it will not translate into into some form of correction in, into into change i urge you by the mercies of god respond to god's word amen, amen. take correction amen. hallelujah and that's your future your future is in how you treat the word of god your future is hanging on your response to god's word it's hanging on your response to god's word the way you respond the way you treat god's word determines how your future is going to look So if you develop a, a callousness to the to the word of god your future is not going to look any good it look it looks bleak and my prayer is that none of us will be found callous towards god's word hardened if you hear today if you hear the word of god do not let your heart be hardened soften your hearts to receive god's word respond respond agree agree to god's word I said I agree to God's word agree to God's word amen, amen. vocally agree amen. so when you agree to somebody I tell my son you know some, when I talk to him sometimes you know he he gives me all these uh, nods and shakes so I said I tell him so you need to learn to open your mouth and speak so that we will know what you're thinking it's it's a good thing it's a good thing to teach your children so they will know how to respond it's a, it's a part of communication we all learn like that you know my dad taught me that my mom would have taught me that you know to speak right to open up your mouth and speak so when you agreeing to somebody it is not just enough that you agree in your mind 
It is not just enough as that you agree in your mind. When I when I solemnize marriages, uh, you know, I I make them speak up. Didn't I, doctors? Didn't I? Yeah, David and Sharon. I make you speak up. I ask you questions and I make you speak up so that I will know that you are agreeing with the vow that you are making. So it, it is important that you respond even vocally to God's word. Amen. Submit to God's word. Surrender to God's word. Hallelujah. Amen. Change. Say change. change. Tell your neighbor change. Tell your neighbor, be yielded. Man, when God's word comes to you, be yielded. Let your zeal and your passion be to please God. It must be to please God. Not to please man. Don't spend your zeal and your passion to please man. You know, some, of you, some Christians are like that. They, they spend all their energy, all their lives trying to please man. A man pleaser may hear God's word, even appreciate God's word, but will never be able to do what it says. You can hear God's word, can appreciate, can come to the pastor and say, Pastor, great word. Of course, the word is always great. I learned this lesson many years back. Word is always great. I mean, I mean, you can, can anybody find fault with God's word? When is the word not great? So word is always great. But how you respond to the word is what matters. So a man pleaser may hear God's word because he's exposed to God's word. He may appreciate God's word, but he will never be able to respond to God's word because his heart is not in agreement with what God is speaking. Whereas a God pleaser will do everything, say everything. He will do everything possible to align himself or herself with what God is speaking. How many God pleases in this place? I hope you will go out of the way. I hope you go. I hope you go the extra mile. You walk the extra mile. I hope you take pains. I hope you take pains to make sure that you're aligning yourself to God's word, which comes to you. Sunday after Sunday, I mean day after day, I would say. So that you will not be. See, we must not be quick for uh, like you know we quickly forgetting what God speaks to us. It's a syndrome in the church. They can't remember the last sermon. They can't remember the last Bible study. They can't remember, forget the Bible study and the sermon. They can't remember the last quiet time. They can't remember any prophecy. Recently, I was with somebody and I, I remembered what God prophesied to him through another man of God in, in my hearing. And I said, this is what God told you. He said, how do you remember what God spoke to me? I said, I, I, that's, my, that's, that's how I am. I try to remember. I want to remember what God speaks. Amen. It's a good habit that you keep. You must remember. Be like that. Sunday born again. In the presence of God born again. When you step out, gone again. Everything that you got also went. Everything that you receive also went. Gone with the wind. Hallelujah. Are you here? When is God ministering to you? Again, I can really sense that the presence of God, the, the heart of God, even as I'm speaking to you, God wants, he wants to, see, he wants to change, he wants to alter your direction. He wants to change your direction. The only way he can do that is if you are able to hear God's word and respond to God's word. There is no way, God cannot intervene in your, in your situation. God cannot change the course of your destiny, your, your direction, unless you choose to respond to him. 
I hope you're getting this. God can't do anything about it. If you, if you don't value God's word, he cannot. God cannot do anything outside of his word in your life. Somebody. And there are times in his, in his mercy that he will come through and he'll do that. But you know, even there, he has to go by the word. There are principles that he has to go by. And he will not overlook those principles. Sometimes it can be the mercy of God, the sovereignty of God. But for God to alter your course, you have to respond. Now you, 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 know, you probably might have to be sitting at the back of a, uh, uh, you know, the back of the bike uh, of a man of God holding his Bible for God to speak to you. God told him, I'm going to speak to you today, better listen up. Amen. Whatever this man of God is going to speak today, it's not for everyone, it's for you. I hope you come with that kind of conviction to church. I, I, I often tell you, you must be able to sit in church knowing that you're the only person. Think that you're the only person in church. And everything that is being shared is for you and you alone. That must be our uh, focus. Everything that is being shared is for you and for you alone. That, that's, that's a serious disciple. A serious disciple. Hallelujah. So start. Start by making the right response. We've been considering the life of Hannah. Say Hannah. Hannah. I, I love that name, Hannah. Uh, very sweet ring to that name. Um, you know, and uh, he's the wife of Elkanah, the mother of Prophet Samuel. Man. Um, how many of you know the meaning of the, the name Hannah? I forgot to put this in love. Huh? It means grace. Hannah means grace. Wow. Hannah means grace. It means favor. Say favor. But if you look at her life, the circumstance that she was in, the situation that she was in, was far from favor. She had a rival in the family. Somebody who could have been her sister became her rival, her competitor. An oppressor in the family. Amen. She had many children, the Bible says. I mean, sons and daughters. Meaning, so I, I told you the simple math is at least four children. Whereas this one, Hannah, the one who, who, whose name means grace, whose name means favor, didn't have any children. Her womb was closed. But what, what I like about, you know, this is, I, I want to come back to that, that her name and the relevance of that name. Um, but the fact that she responded to the, to the presence of God. Say respond. She responded to the presence of God. She had an encounter with God. She responded to, to God and to the word of the Lord. We see that this woman who emptied her heart. She emptied her heart. She poured out her soul, the Bible says. All the grief within her, she poured out in prayer, in worship. She made a vow of worship. The vow of worship was very strong. It's not a, it's not a, it's not a common thing that she did. I, and I, I told you, it's a Nazarite vow for an unborn son. Oh, a Nazarite vow for an unborn son, not just for a few years, for a decade, but for a lifetime. All the days of his life, this child that you're going to give me shall be yours. She did all that and she walked away with the confidence that the Lord has heard her prayer. 
and her, the Bible says her face was no longer sad. Man, there's so much to, to glean, to, to gather from the, the life of Hannah. Beautiful it is. You know, I encourage you, even, if we are, even though we are doing this as a series in the church, I encourage you to go back and have your study on, on the life of Hannah, a character study. Do it. It, it, will, it will just really help you uh, in many things because she, she has taught me lots. Um, you, know, you must understand, every appointment with God must result in you leaving the place with your face no longer sad. That must be a resolve. You walk into the presence of God, you must not leave the presence of God, unless you have the assurance that I'm not going to cry about it anymore. So that's the way you must, see, that's how you filter. That's how you bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. The Bible instructs us, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. How do you do that? Tell me, how do you do that practically? Huh? You have all kinds of concerns, all kinds of anxieties, all kinds of fears, all kinds of problems going to, uh, running in your head. How do you bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ? This is one practical way to do it. Go into the presence of God, empty your thoughts, empty your concerns, empty your pain, your grief, your shame. And when you leave that place, when you come out of that place, you leave with the assurance that God has heard my prayer. And with the resolve that my face will no longer be sad. Amen. If you come to church, you must, you must come like that. You, you probably would have faced situations through this week. You would have encountered different things. But you've come to church. You must come into the sanctuary of God, into the house of God. With the, with the one purpose that I'm going to empty myself. I'm going to worship God with everything I have. I'm going to pour out my heart, my grief. I'm going to tell him everything without filters. God does not want your prayers with filters. Hello, we, are, we have become experts. The 21st century Christian is, Christian is an expert in praying with filters. Hallelujah. Now, sometimes I pray, I, 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 I look around, I, I make sure that nobody is listening, not even my wife. Sometimes the kind of prayers I pray, I pray with such, such shamelessness. And I tell the Lord, this is what I feel. And I, I want you to take, take care of this. I want you to understand what I'm going through. I want you to know what I'm going through. And I want you to help me. Because when you open your heart to God, there's a confidence that comes upon you. That, that he has heard you, that he has seen you. And that he will deal with your situation. Amen. And nothing matters. And then you leave the presence of God. When you leave the, the, that prayer room, that time of um, meditation of God's word, that quiet time, whatever you want to call it, or time of worship, you leave that place with the assurance that God has heard me. I'm not going to be sad about it. It is settled. And we, we use that phrase often. Uh, God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. That's it. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it. That's where, that's where it, it must be. Man. God loves you. That's why. See, when, when my kids come to me, as a simple thing, I'm not going to tell you that uh, you laugh. I don't want... Kathy to be a laughing stock, so I'm not going to reveal the, the thing. There's a small little thing that she was sad about, okay? So funny. Something very silly that she was very sad. She was crying. She was bawling. And she came to me and she cried. I said, why are you crying? I am here. I'm your father. Why are you crying? I'll, I'll, I'll take care of it. And in seconds, I, I could resolve what she was crying about. She was like, wow, papa. 
she gave me a hug and she gave me a kiss. She was so happy. See, that's how a child must respond. The knowledge that God is able to take care of any situation that you have. It doesn't matter how big. So for, for her, for her small mind, for the little child that she is, that small little thing, um, it's, a, it's a big thing. I mean, it's the end of the world. I can't even mention that in church. That's how small the thing was for a grown-up, an adult that, that I am. But for, for her, the small little child that is, it's a big thing. So oftentimes our problems are like that. It's so big in our eyes. It's so big and we're crying, you're, you're bawling about it, you're, you're sobbing, you're crawling on the, on the floor, you're going on 21-day fasting and go on the next 40-day fasting. You're doing everything, but you're not able to understand the God that you are speaking to is a God who loves you. And that was the assurance that Hannah had. She, she stood in the presence of God. She knew that this God is a God who loves her. Praise God. Man, Hannah means grace. But her circumstances told her otherwise. Her circumstances would try to dictate terms concerning a situation. Amen? Her circumstance told her that she's barren. You're barren. Her rival would continually tell her, you're barren. You don't have any children. Look at me. I have a lot of children. You don't have any children. You're cursed. She, the, the Bible says that Penina provoked Hannah. So you can imagine the kind of words this woman would have used. Now sometimes God can use people to provoke you to bitterness and to, to weep. See, you must understand if you, can under, if you can realize who God is in your life, no provocation would actually matter for you. It doesn't matter. You can, you can be in an unpleasant environment when the Peninas in your life will tell you that you're a failure. They'll call you names. You barren. You unfruitful woman. You good for nothing. You're a liability to the family. Why would my husband even consider keeping you? All kinds of sharp words. Inflicting wounds. That's a, you must all, always understand, man is so good in this, inflicting wounds with the words. The wounds in the heart are more painful than the wounds in the body or upon the body. A word can inflict more pain than a weapon. Do you know that? That's why the Bible talks about the perfect man knows how to control his tongue. Because he is dealing with the sharpest weapon man has ever found. The sharpest, the most lethal, deadliest weapon. Your tongue. So a man who knows how to, to wield the, the tongue is a perfect man. So the, the paninas in your life will tell you that you're a failure. The paninas in your life will tell you you're far from grace. There's no grace. They'll tell you. The bananas in your life will say, there is no favor upon you. But when you pass through situations like that, the child of God in you must have the good sense to take hold of every reminder of who you are in Christ Jesus. Every reminder. 
in fact if you look at this the story of hannah she had reminders of the faithfulness of god every time somebody would call her hannah what is she hearing grace grace of god favor of god hannah favor of god but the the circumstances are calling her barren unfruitful unfavored cursed but even in the midst of all that people will still call her knowingly or unknowingly you're favored you're graced so reminder of the goodness of god so that's a that's the ability to see things spiritually now when you're so stuck in all the all that the world has to offer all the that the physical realm has to offer we are only looking at things in the temporal in the peripheral then you will miss out on these bonuses from heaven her name was a bonus from heaven man it is a prophetic name hallelujah every time somebody would call her she can remember oh grace yes i i might be barren now but i have the grace of god i'm going to overcome this not only that see she had she had more reminders than just people calling her name her husband loved her more than penina you know some of you some of you are so depressed because you know you're not accepted by the society but there are people who love you so dearly and you don't you don't value their love and their nearness to you and their inputs into your life so you're still depressed you're still sad your 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 chin is dragged on the ground such long face you have why because you're not able to appreciate the small little things that god is doing in your life you have a family that loves you you have a father a mother a husband or a wife or a child who loves you so dearly you have people in the church who loves you prays for you regularly amen you see that's what even elkana 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 told her also am i not better than 10 sons to you oh wow that what kind of a what what kind of a romance is that what kind of i mean let's just think about it for a husband to tell the wife i i, I don't care i don't care if, if you don't have children i don't care am i not better to you than 10 sons i don't call you names i love you more than the other one she may have given you given me many children but you're the one that i love hallelujah take stock of what god is speaking to you take stock of reminders of his goodness man you so, some of us have become so dumb we become so deaf we become so disconnected from what god is doing that we only have we only see complaints we are cribbing you're complaining murmuring with every every turn of life you're cribbing and complaining and murmuring of what you don't have i'm telling you, this woman had so much a loving husband better than 10 sons this husband would give a double portion than what he would give the other wife for worship she had the freedom to worship god if you have a husband or a wife who gives you the freedom to worship jesus that's the greatest blessing that you can know in your family life i am so happy that i'm married to this one because she gives me freedom to worship jesus the way i want to worship him amen i can i can do what he wants me to do i don't have to consult with her or get her approval every time are you with me man unmarried people pray for such a one married people pray that your spouse will turn into such a one oh uh, know what penina's name means what her name means penina means pearl it means precious stone 
but her character was far from being a precious stone to hana she was a i would say she was a stumbling stone not a precious stone at all amen sometimes the people who are supposed to be pearls in your life of great value they can behave like source of bitterness and discouragement people who will who will zap your sap your energy this just i mean like you know empty your drain your energy and your joy but do not be discouraged when man, man treats you unjustly and without any favor what man may do to you does not change what god has prepared for you what man may do to you does not change what god has prepared for you i'm speaking to somebody very specifically i can sense it what man may do to you does not change what god has prepared for you now you might be cribbing about that uh, that person who ditched you this person who ridiculed you that person who backstabbed you this person who cheated you this person the other person who took you for a ride this person who gave you vain promises and never kept it this person who left you on the way um uh, cheated you or so on and so forth you're crying about it you're cribbing about it what but what man may do to you does not change what god has in store for you and does not change that your confidence must be on what god can do man when i when i can harp all she wants she can she can she can be so loud she can be so annoying she can keep um, calling her names and discover new names to call hana and oppress her so badly and cause her to be bitter and all that she can do everything possible but what god wants to do in hana's life does not change because of what penana is doing this is for you this world is for you and you 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 crying about you why why is she doing like that why is she doing like that why are people like this in my life why are, why is nobody bothered about me why is nobody wanting to see me happy you are just bothered about what people are doing to you if you can set your eyes on what jesus wants to do in your life things will change Amen. everything will change the story of my life i've seen it with my eyes there are times when i thought i mean i mean is there anybody to even help you is there anybody to even see my misery but the moment i turned my eyes to jesus and said it doesn't matter you have something for me i want that it doesn't matter that's that's also part of being a god pleaser and not being a man pleaser man pleaser always always yearns for appreciation always always yearns for social validation and popularity and and uh, all those things he wants a circle of friends with him all the time or she wants her circle of friends her gang of friends all the time with her that's a man pleaser but a god pleaser doesn't matter all that matters to us me and my god and what he has to do what he's going to do in my life if he says i am favored i might be barren now i might be unfruitful now i may not have any children now but he told me that i am graced of god he told me that i am favored is going to happen in my life Amen. that's what hannah did no she went and poured out her heart all she wanted here was one line one confirmation that her prayer has been heard she poured out her heart she it was a it was a time of intense prayer and worship and she in in that worship she made the commitment she made the vow she said this unborn son i'm going to give unto you in worship i'm offering what i don't have in faith believing i'm going to i'm going to have this child in my womb 
and she turned and she saw this this priest over her life and this priest came to her and said what you will have that which you have petitioned before the lord may the lord visit you may the lord remember you and then the next line says she she went out rejoicing ate and drank and her face was no longer sad why why i mean all these years of crying all these this history of crying and weeping and being annoyed by her rival everything came to an end when when god gave a confirmation yes i've seen you and sure enough she had the first child samuel she brought him to the lord gave him as an offering took the pains I, what i like about her is she took the pains weaned him and brought him before the lord to serve him to to that he may serve god all the days of his life and she had how many more children five more children do you know that this anna had five more children this baron one five more children see god is not a debtor you give him one god give you five more you can't you can't stand before god and say see i've given everything to you no you're not given everything i just took one from you but you look how much you have now you have five with you god is like that now you you give him something he is not going to he's going to make you poor you think the the widow i mean i i mean i'm just waiting to be in heaven i want to know what happened in the life of that widow who put two mites i really want to know it has intrigued me over the years because i see i i can't go beyond that, that jesus saw her that, i mean that is enough that jesus saw her and that prophetic insight into her life that all that she had she put into the bag if jesus saw that you tell me what would have happened i mean i am in read i want to know that i can i wish i can i can preach a message on that but i can't because the bible does not say anything about it how i wish i can what happened to that woman who put the two mites two two copper coins hallelujah see god is not see what god demands from you don't think that is a and when you give something to god don't give with the attitude that i have i've done it all i've given it all hallelujah see frankly speaking god does not want anything from you you don't know that god does not want anything from you there is nothing with you which god is in need of what god wants is you he jealously desires a spirit within you he is not he is not wanting your car or your house or your money or any of those things so when you stand and give him some of those things is i mean for him it's if your heart is not there if you're not if you are not there in the worship that you offer it does not make any sense to god somebody listen to this if you are not there in the worship that you offer you can stand and sing songs you can give all your money you can do this and that but if you are not there in the worship that you offer to god it does not make any sense to heaven instead of being crushed by that one trouble in your life take note of the reminders that grace and favor of the lord is upon you when I mean, that's what that's very important instead of being crushed i'm so troubled i am sometimes we say use uh, terms like this i have this burning need I have this this situation that i'm dealing with 
instead of being troubled by that one situation that one trouble in your life take note of the reminders that the grace and favor of the lord is upon you instead of crying over that one issue be thankful for the manifold grace of god which serves to prove that god is not done with you yet hello god is not done with you yet your situation is not the end of your life her barrenness was not the end of her life she could have seen it like that no I, I, listen to this this is very important okay hannah pursued the fullness of god's plan for her and she, okay she was consoled by her husband loving husband elkana what a romantic man what a loving person gave her double portion all the time gave her never troubled her she could have lived with that happy yeah forget forget perina let her learn her own lesson but i have i have uh, have elkana with me he's better to me than 10 sons but what hannah did she pursued the fullness of god's plan for her she would not settle for anything less hello those reminders were good the consolation that she got is good but that does not limit god from doing what he can do the comfort of god is good but that does not limit god from doing what he can do no i have experienced it so much i've i've had god comfort me i've had people comfort me i've i've had people uh give me a shoulder to lean on and all those things i've at the most difficult of times but if i i choose not to settle in there and pursue what god has in store for me i will always see something greater than what i received always say always say always hannah knew that the same god okay look at this hannah knew that the same god who closed her womb is also able to open it for her you must know what god can do everything is relational in the kingdom it's all based on relationship it's all based on your knowledge of how much god loves you it's all relational god loves me hannah knew that this god loves me so the same god why would he keep my womb closed i am loved by god i am graced by god i am favored by god the same god can open my womb and give me a child don't sell for what seems like fate hello christians don't settle for what seems like fate forgetting the god that you serve has plans to prosper you and not to harm you to bring you to an expected end if you're in a situation like that of hannah's god wants you to know that like hannah he is able to change your situation too so do not settle for the sickness in the sickness you might receive comfort from others in your misery you might receive love from others but don't settle for that sickness don't settle for that life of lack don't settle for that unrest but do not crib never complain never settle for anything short of what god can do for you that is relational i know my god i know my god so only based on relationship you can build on this otherwise you can say oh god is so good he gave me a loving husband he gave me so much comfort people are calling me favored though i am not that's enough for me what all we come up with what all language we come up with to justify our spiritual laziness and our lack of knowing who god is 
So everything comes to you, everything pertaining to life and godliness comes to you through the true knowledge, the true knowledge. Not semi-knowledge. Not semi-knowledge. Not little knowledge. Comes to the true, the true knowledge. If you have a true knowledge of Jesus, everything, say everything. everything. Now it's your choice. You want, do you want everything pertaining to life and godliness or you want your choice? Your choice. Because a worshipper, listen to this, a worshipper pursues after all of God's goodness. A worshipper pursues after all of God's goodness. All of God's goodness. See, the worshipper has his eyes set on God. And when you look at God, all you can see is the goodness of God. So when you, when you pursue God in worship, you're pursuing after his goodness, his nature. You can see his goodness magnified. It is bigger than anything else that you face in life. Are you a worshipper? If you're a worshipper, you will, you will not sell for anything short of the goodness of God. And do you know how good God is? So the Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. God does not have grandchildren. He only has children. You have to taste for yourself. Yourself. Not run on somebody else's testimony. You can come to church, listen to ministers of God, come and share the testimonies there what God is doing in their lives and be so encouraged, but never have a relationship with God yourself. You pursue God, a true worshiper will pursue God all the way to experience the richness of his mercy. A true worshiper will never doubt that God is infinite. A true worshiper will never doubt that God is limitless in love, in goodness. See, the true worshiper will have encounters after encounters. Because you're not limiting God to your experience on 2017 March. That's the time when I got, God spoke to me. For the past six years, the period of silence. Worship is the key to access God's goodness. That's what Hannah did. She unlocked the goodness of God through worshipful prayer. Hannah's womb was opened by that prayer, that vow of worship. The sinner woman was forgiven. Oh, the sinner woman was forgiven. The one with the alabaster walks, she was forgiven. When? She worshipped. Worship unlocks the goodness of God, which nobody else could do in her life. Something limitless, something only God can do, opens up when you worship God. Nobody could open the womb of Hannah. No gynecologist could do that. No uh, infertility treatment could do that. Nobody could do that. Only God could do because God had closed, closed it in the first place. So when she poured out in worship, she made the vow unto God regarding her unborn child. God opened her womb. When the sinner woman, nobody could change that label. The sinner woman in that city. But she broke the alabaster vial at the feet of Jesus, wiped his feet, Wept before him in worship. She unlocked the goodness of God. Forgiveness came upon her. Jesus said, you're forgiven. Your faith has made you well. Forgiven, forgiven, forgiven. And there are things that only God can do in your life. Only God can do that. Only God can do that. Don't try to please man. You worship God. The one who is to be pleased, he will change your situation. He will change your situation. He will change your situation. Because he's a God who loves your worship. He receives your worship. And those who come to him must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. Amen. Hallelujah. He's a rewarder. 
Hallelujah. Your worship, see, don't think that your worship is without reward. I know that my worship is full of rewards. I know it. And I, I want to make it plain. I don't want to act like I'm, a, I'm, 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 I'm super spiritual. I'm better than God. No, I'm not. I know that my worship is full of benefits unto me. When I worship God, I'm being blessed. When I'm in his presence, I know that I'm, I'm being filled with his goodness. That's why I sing, his goodness is running after, is running after me. Let's go into 1 Samuel chapter 2. Then Hannah prayed and said, my heart exults in the Lord. Okay, look at the worship leader, the songwriter. The songwriter in this woman. Who is she? No, who was she? She was just a barren, ordinary housewife. All the days of her life, she was ridiculed and mocked and provoked by her rival. But she opened her mouth. After the Lord dealt with her, she fulfilled the vow that she made before God. She came with the child whom she had offered unto God in a vow. And then she's singing, my heart exults in the Lord. Say in the Lord. Where is your heart exulting? Are you sure? My heart exults in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. Don't seek promotion elsewhere. Don't seek for your face to be lifted elsewhere by anybody else. May your horn be exalted in the Lord, in Christ Jesus. Amen. May your heart rejoice. May your heart exult in Christ Jesus. My mouth speaks boldly against my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. Everything is in Christ. Everything. Is, in fact, this song sounds like a New Testament song. That's how profound this is. So deep, so full of the Spirit. My heart exults in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mo mouth speaks boldly against my enemies because I rejoice in your salvation. There is no one holy like the Lord. Indeed, there is no one besides you. Nor is there any rock like our God. God is speaking to you. We sang that today. Christ, the firm foundation. There is no rock like our God. There is no rock like our God. All other ground is sinking sand. He won't fail. He won't fail. Man. No, 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 no. He won't. He won't fail. There is no, there is, nor is there any rock like our God. Boast no more so very proudly. Do not let arrogance come out of your mouth. So only a worshiper can understand the, the depth of these lines. The worshiper in her saying, boast. And what is there to boast in life? What is, what is there to boast, oh man? What is there to boast? Boast no more so very proudly. If you have glimpsed Jesus, you will stop boasting. Your boast will be in the Lord. Do not let your arrogance come out of your mouth. For the Lord is the God of knowledge. And with him, actions are weighed. With him, actions are? The Lord, the Lord is a God of, God of, the Lord is a God of knowledge. He knows all things. Say, he knows all things. It's very profound. In fact, if you continue to read this chapter, you'll understand how profound. This is a very prophetic line. This is a prophetic song that she's singing. Don't think that she's, she, when she wrote this, she only had banana in mind. Some of you think, okay, she had a theme. She had banana in mind when she wrote all this. No, they're very prophetic. In fact, it talks about the, the times that she was living in. 
and talks about boast no more so very proudly do not let arrogance come out of your mouth for the lord is a god of knowledge and with him actions are weighed the boss of the mighty are shattered but the feeble gird on strength and everything that people are putting their trust in will be shattered every support system of man will be shattered will be brought low but the feeble gird on the strength of god Amen. those who are full hire themselves out for bread that's why the basi the, the new testament says command those who are rich in this age to be not haughty because it's a god who gives us all things to enjoy but to put their trust in god who gives us all things to enjoy so that's what that's what this is about those who are full hire themselves out for bread but those who are hungry say hungry is a reward in being hungry before god blessed are the those who blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness for they shall be but those who were hungry cease to hunger i love this i don't know about you but i love this this explains the life in christ but those who were hungry cease to hunger even the barren gives birth to seven but she who has many children languishes the lord kills and makes alive he brings down to sheol and raises up and the lord makes poor and rich he brings low he also exalts he raises the poor from the dust he lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with nobles and inherit a seat of honor oh let's read it one more time he raises the poor from the dust god is speaking to you god is speaking to you somebody here receive this he raises the poor from the dust he lifts the needy from the ash heap to make them sit with nobles and inherit a seat of honor for the pillars of the earth are the lords the lord is in control over everything that's what it it says the pillars of the lord of the earth are the lords and he set the world on them he keeps the feet of his godly ones but the wicked ones are silenced in darkness for not by might shall a man prevail those who contend with the lord will be shattered against them he will thunder in the heavens the lord will judge the ends of the earth and he will give strength to his king and his and will exalt the horn of his anointed he will give his strength to this to his king and will exalt the horn of his anointed i hope you can see yourself there then elkana went home went to his home in at rama but the boy ministered to the lord before eli the priest now you must understand the context of hannah's worship okay i'm trying to bring you back to the context in which they were living uh, it is in, first of all is inexplainable how she could offer her son unto god in worship even before she conceived even before she conceived okay not after she did the pregnancy test even before she conceived she offered unto god it is inexplainable but what puzzles me even more, i was looking at this i was i was trying to study this character what puzzles me even more is how did she learn to worship like this from where did she have a mentor did she have a role model check out her song this song is full of revelations 
prophetic revelations, by the way. And where did she get that kind of revelation from? She lived in a time where God's people probably had more corrupt leaders than good ones. Are you with me? Are you able to understand Hannah and her times? Okay. Now today we have so many people to look up to, to be mentored by, to be encouraged by, to be raised by. But Hannah lived in a time, in fact it goes on to say about the times in which Samuel was raised, that visions were rare. The word of the Lord was very scarce, the Bible says. So she lived in such a time where there were not much leaders to look up to. In fact, the two priests, the sons of Eli, born in the Levitical priesthood, lineage of Levitical priesthood, they were so corrupt. They, the Bible says they did not even know God and the customs of the priest. So this Hannah lived in such a time, offered unto God such rich worship with nobody to look up to, with nobody to, to encourage her or stimulate her in worship. She didn't have no worship leader. Hello? Today we have everything. We have worship leaders, we have musicians, worship musicians. We have a lot of them. We have ministers of God who encourages us and teaches us to worship. But she didn't have any, any such people like that. Probably the only person that she ever encountered in that manner was Eli. And the only exchange was, the Lord will do to you what he has offered in prayer unto him. But she lived in such a time when they, we had more corrupt leaders, Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, born in the lineage of Levitical priesthood, did not even know God. But in stark contrast, we have Hannah, just an ordinary woman who willingly gave up her only dream. Her only dream in life was to have a child. She gave up her only dream to God just for the sake of worship, just that she could keep her vow offered unto God. And we see an Elkanah who allowed his wife to do so without interrupting, without intervening or stopping her. She, he did not prevent her from worshipping. He could have overruled her vow. I told you last week. He had the right as a husband to overrule the vow that she made before God. So on the other side again, we have, we have these two in priestly lineage. The Bible says they kicked at God's sacrifice. That's what the Bible says. They kicked, say kicked. That's what the Bible says. The man of God came to Eli and said, your sons are kicking at my sacrifice. And on the other side, we have, we see this woman by the name Hannah who took pains. Look at this. She took pains to wean the much awaited child so that she can present him before the Lord and let him remain there all the days of his life. Can you see the contrast? The two priests kicking at the sacrifice of God. Whereas this woman, she took pains, weaned him only so that she can present him unto God. On the one side, we see the two priests who refuse to be content with what God has set aside for them. Do you know that? They have a rightful portion. The Levites, the Levites have a rightful portion. When the sacrifices were offered according to the Levitical uh, rules, the laws, they can take uh, the breast and the right thigh of the animal which is sacrificed before God. You can read that in uh, Leviticus, Leviticus chapter 7. It was, it was allotted to the, the Levites and their sons forever. But you know what these two did, Hophni and Phinehas? Tell me what they did. Huh? Say it loud. 
that's they 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 thrust a three pronged fork it's a three pronged fork they thrust a three pronged fork into the offering before it was burned the fat was burned before the lord in fact the the sacrifice demands that the fat must be burned before the lord the the incense the 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 the, the aroma of the the fat being burned was under the lord before it was burned they would thrust with a three pronged fork and get, and when they pull it out whatever comes with it they used to take it so they were not content with what god had set aside for them now if you are ministering under the lord okay this is some of you for some of you here if you are ministering under the lord in any capacity there is a portion that the lord will allow you to have there is a glory that the lord will allow you to touch but when you demand what belongs to the lord and when you seek the glory that must go under the lord you are behaving this like hophni and phinehas there is something the lord has reserved for you it is rightfully yours the lord will not question you for that but when you demand what belongs to god the glory that must go to him and when you crave for that and when you stand in the way of people seeing god you are acting like hophni and phinehas the lord is dealing with us some some deep things this morning some deep things now we heard hannah song after she presented uh, samuel to the lord now let's look at first samuel chapter 2 verses 12 to 17 the contrast okay verse 12 says now the sons of eli were worthless men they did not know the lord and the customs of the priest with the people when any man was offering a sacrifice the priest servant would come while the meat was boiling with a three pronged fork in his hand and he would thrust it into the pan or kettle or cal- or cauldron or pot all that the fork brought up the priest would take for himself thus they did in shiloh to all the israelites who came there so i'm sure that even elkan and hana would have seen the same behavior and also before they burned the fat the priest servant would come and say to the man who was sacrificing give the priest meat for roasting as he will not take boiled meat from you only raw if the man said to him they must surely burn the fat first and then take as much as you desire then he would say no but you shall give it to me now if not i will take it by force that's the sin of the young men were very great before the lord and the men despised the offering of the lord talks about the three pronged fork are you holding one today are you holding one today are you holding a three pronged fork today when you are in the presence of god are you holding do you have a three pronged fork in your hand anything that is thrust into the portion which belongs to god is a three pronged fork and today's churches and worshipers and ministries and ministers have many modern versions of this three pronged fork i repeat that today's churches worshipers ministers have many modern versions of the same three pronged fork anything that you unknowingly or knowingly do which distracts the people of god from the glory of god and draws attention to yourself is a three pronged fork let that settle in let that come over you anything that distracts god's people from seeing his glory and anything that distracts uh, diverts the attention of the people unto yourself is a three pronged fork 
the church must dread the presence of such three-pronged forks in our gatherings in our churches and even in our homes it has become a it has become we have compromised so much we have allowed all these different varieties and versions of these kind of three-pronged forks to come and be a part of our worship meetings we have it i'm telling you we may not we may not name it like that but we have such versions here we have such versions in the churches today if there is any attitude in us or amongst us are you with me if there is any attitude in us or amongst us which is allowed to be thrust into what is for god which is allowed to be poked into the portion of god then we are allowing the use of a three a three pronged fork anything any attitude in us anything in us which we thrust in the the portion of god if there is any attitude or in us or amongst us which hurries through worship which hurries through worship unto god then we are demanding the meat before burning the fat hello and when you read these scriptures this this must hit you hard you must not just oh that's hofni and finas it is you hofni and finas no it is you you're talking about us we are we have done the same mistake the same sin after we have offered worship unto god if people remember anything else more than god then yes we've have we've had three pronged fork in our midst have with me hello if you talk about the worship leader style or the skill of the drummer or the guitarist or the lighting ambience or anything like of that sort more than about god any of those things can be a three pronged fork anything that distracts god anything that distracts god's people from the presence of god from seeing god anything that stands in the way of people seeing god see that that's what they did when people came to worship they came to offer sacrifice unto god they stepped in and said we want this we demand this us we'll take it by force it can be an attitude it can be a practice it can be an approach it can be a system it can be a technology it can be a skill it can be anything that stands in the way of worship and today i'm telling you today the church is infested i would say with three pronged forks and as god's people it is your duty it's your responsibility to get rid of it get rid of those forks get rid of those things which spoke into god's glory get rid of those things which are thrust into the portion that belongs to god get rid of it get rid of it get rid of it be serious about it musicians i see a lot of musicians here be serious about it you must never stand in the way of god receiving glory you must never desire anything more than what god desires for you but today we we we, we want to be known we want to be acknowledge we want to be we want to be counted 
we want to be counted we want to be followed we want to be worshiped we want to be worshiped that's a very demonic a very demonic trait a very demonic that's not from god it's not from god be content with what god is giving you be happy i'm telling you the the portion of the levites is glorious the portion of the levites is glorious when you stick to that it is glorious it's a blessing for you it'll bring healing to your bones it'll give life to your your soul amen but when you demand anything more than that when you demand what belongs to god you're standing in the way of the glory of god take it seriously take it seriously take this very very seriously church take this seriously take this seriously anything any any form of distraction that you allow if you are a distraction for somebody's worship i'm telling you there can be people who distract others in worship purposely and i have known people like that they will not allow you to be to worship and if you are by any chance knowingly or unknowingly you are by any chance one such person who distracts somebody else in their worship change change be like hana be like hana she said what god has given me i'm going to nourish it i'm going to cherish it i'm going to wean this child i'm going to make sure that oh she did not give god something undone she did not give her son undone she weaned the child she made sure that the child is ready for mentoring by this priest and then presented the child to the lord that he may remain there not to bring him home once in a while not to bring him home for vacation but she would go up every year the bible says that she used to go up every year with a robe that she stitches for her son year after year follow through on your worship your offering what you've offered unto god there, there must be a, a connection there must be a a follow through she would go to see her son not demanding anything in return but with with the ro- the robe a robe that she stitched every year year after year the bible says never wants anything back god has given me enough my portion is the the next five children that god is going to give me that's my portion but my name has been erased i am no longer a a barren woman i am truly hannah now that's your portion man that's your portion now she was not like these two they were priest god had given them allotments but they knew nothing about the customs of god if you are a worshipper if you are if you are in ministry if you are in any capacity standing before the lord in ministry know the customs of god the god has got customs there are things which he says right there are things which he says wrong some of us don't know that some of us think that everything goes for god no it does not that's not how how god is that's not how god is that's why god was pleased with this, the sacrifice of abel he was displeased with the sacrifice of cain but cain also worked hard for his sacrifice what do you think he was a tiller of the ground right the tiller of the ground worked hard in his field 
brought something to the Lord. Something to the Lord. But whereas Abel brought that which is the best, the best, the best, the fat. The firstborn he brought to the Lord. The best of it. The fat portion. God was pleased with the worship of Abel. Displeased with the worship of Cain. So God is like that from generations past. You must know this God. If you don't know this God, I want you to know this God. The God that you and I serve is a God whose God likes and dislikes. The God that you serve has God likes and dislikes. Has got preferences. You know that God has got preferences? God has got preferences. He prefers the firstborn. That's a, I mean, no, nobody can escape that. He says, the firstborn is mine. He's got a preference. So get used to that. Get used to that. When you offer unto God, know that he's got preferences. Take pains to know the preferences of God. David was a man after God's own heart. He did all kinds of stupidity, but he was still a man after God's own heart. He knew the preferences of God. He pursued the preferences of God. He was quick to repent because he knew that God loves a clean heart. A clean heart. He presented to God a clean heart. He asked the Lord, created me a clean heart. A pure heart. Know the preferences of God. I want you to understand these, these practices that we, we allow in the church, allow in our circles, in our families, in your homes. Now check out, look out, look out. Watch out for three-pronged forks. In every, in every circle that you are in, in every Christian circle that you are in, if you, are, if you find them in your house, I'm not talking about the little fork. I'm talking about, I hope you have the good sense for that. Don't throw out all the forks. But the ones that stand in the way of your worship, the ones that demand the glory of God, discard it. Discard it. Discard it. Any attitude in you which demands glory, Discard it. Amen. Be a worshiper who wants nothing but to see God glorified. Amen. All that matters is God is pleased. And God is on the throne. And he gets what he deserves. Amen. And I get to give him. My privilege is that I get to give him what he deserves. I mean, isn't that a great privilege as a worshiper? That you get to give what God deserves. Huh. Think about it. A worshiper gets to give what God deserves. Your heart, that is. That's your heart. He deserves your love the Lord your God with all. Say all. Say all. Not like that. Say all. All your. And with all your. Mind. With all your. Soul. And with all your. Strength. All. Not little. All. Hello. This is Nishad Dilipkoshi. I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.